0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: the time to listen to, participate in, and be a part. People want to be a part just when it's this list. But we're happy that you've grown beyond that state and that you want to participate fully in God's kingdom. Amen? And a special welcome, by the way, while I'm doing this, we need to Sound check. It. We need to do a sound check because, um, maybe, let's see, let me, maybe I can adjust something. Hold on. It probably does sound a little bit. Is this better? Not clear. Okay, let me see what I can do. Let me know when it gets clear. I'm just going to talk for a little bit. Let me let me try this and see what we can do here. Is it getting any better? Better. Okay, good. Now I know what to do. All right. Now I know what to do. Amy. There. All right. So this is it. You can hear me clearly. All right. Thank you. Now I know what to do. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. As I was saying, as I was saying, it's a miracle that we're able to meet all over the world at one time in the presence of the Lord. And I'm so happy that so many of you have decided to join us and to be a part of what God is doing at Miracle Internet Church. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian internet church, and we meet on the internet every Wednesday and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America. Amen? And whatever time that happens to be where you are. We're so glad that you joined us. Please feel free to invite your coworkers and your friends and your neighbors and everyone that you know to join because everybody needs to hear from God. Everyone. Simply everyone needs to hear from the Lord. You know, there's a lot of places you could uh, tune in to hear sermons, but all of those places are, are not sanctioned by God. There are ministries out there that are not real. What does that mean? That means Jesus never breathed them into existence. He never called for them. He never appointed them nor gave them the grace to do what they do. They're out there doing what they do in religious flesh. And if you listen... For a little while, it's not hard to find out which ones they are. But you'd have to know the word first. And you'd have to know the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth first. You'd have to try the spirits to see if they really be of God. Amen. And so that's one of the things that we share with you and that we teach you here is that you should always try the spirits to see if it's really from God. Or if it's a fake, because there are a lot of fakes out there. Amen? They have these wonderful slogans that have no spiritual power. They have tons of slogans. They come up with a new slogan every week. But those slogans don't do anything in the spirit world. Amen? Remember Jesus said in the scriptures, the word I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Well, the flesh doesn't produce life. So if it's just a fleshly ministry, you can sit there and listen for as long as you like, but you're not going to get a transformation in your life from Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So the people that come here have plenty of proof in their everyday life. They can look at themselves when they first came to the ministry and they can look at themselves now and they can see a drastic change, that's God at work in you. And that's what you're looking for. That's what you want. You want God to be actively involved in your life. You want Jesus Christ to be there. You want the Holy Spirit, not the Kundalini Spirit, to be there. Amen? Yes, there is a false Holy Spirit. It's called the Kundalini Spirit. And we're not going to discuss that right now. Amen. And so what we're saying is don't have the right spirit. You're not connected to Jesus Christ nor the Father. You've got to make sure you got the real thing. And that's all we offer here. We don't we don't have bells and whistles. We don't have a um you send us five dollars and we'll send you a holy chicken. We just don't do that, okay? That's not us. If that's what you're looking for, then you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Amen. But I encourage you to stick around. You might want to switch. So we thank the Lord for everything. <laughs> No, we don't have no holy spring water to sell you either. (laughs) We don't have any miracle spring water. Sorry about that. God is, that's right, that's the spirit, Dina, that you get at the false churches. See, when you go to a false ministry, you get a false spirit. And what it does is, one of the things it does is it begins to mimic the Holy Spirit in your life. And so you think you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, and you're not. Ill will showing you all of these prophetic things that may have some factual element to them, but they are not of the spirit of truth. Remember in the book of Acts, uh, there was this young damsel uh, running around doing prophecies for people. Actually, she was prophesying. She was... Telling part truth and part whatever she added to it, but it was not from the right spirit. It did not come from the Holy Spirit. It didn't come from the throne of God. It came through a demonic spirit. And so we have... um, there, and if you ask the Holy Spirit to take you into the archive like we teach you to do, and he's ready for you to learn about that, he'll teach you about it. And there are a lot of ministries out there, plenty of them, all over YouTube, everywhere that have the false Holy Spirit. It's not the real spirit of God. And it's not until you encounter the real spirit of God That you find out Amen Amen So praise the Lord (laughs) Yeah praise the Lord So um, I have a few announcements Tonight before we really get started And start praying Oh by the way we have to pray don't we Yes we do Uh, The first announcement Is this There will not be a live broadcast this coming Friday. I think that's the 16th, but I'm not looking at a calendar. So somebody look at a calendar for me. This coming Friday, we will not have a live broadcast. However, there will be uh, a sermon posted in the MIC chat room that the Lord wants you to listen to. Amen. The leadership is going to take a little breather, a much-needed breather, as a matter of fact. So we there we will not do a live broadcast. Uh, Brother Bill needs to catch his breath. Uh, Brother Marshall needs to catch his breath. And I need to catch a breath and a breath and a breath. Amen? So we're going to take a few minutes to catch a breath. And there will be a message that will be posted Friday in the m i c chat room for you to receive amen, praise the lord amen so other than that, we're doing the same thing <laughs> amen so we're gonna we're gonna catch a breath amen, amen, and God's gonna bless us while we're breathing so. And Brother Bill says, yay! Yeah, he needs to take a break, too. So we're going to continue, and God's going to bless us. (laughs) And so God's going to bless us, and we're going to enjoy Jesus. You know, there are some people that are Christians that don't actually enjoy Jesus, but that's no fun at all. It just isn't, you know? You gotta enjoy him; he has a sense of humor. sometimes you don't want him to have a sense of humor, but he does and so we're going to um catch our breath on Friday night, and we'll be listening to the sermon too and for for those of you who like to eat ice cream while you're listening to church, okay, you can get away with it on Friday, okay. All right. Pastor won't say anything about it. All right. Okay. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you. It's a wonderful opportunity to be blessed with the word of God. We want to thank you for everything that you've been doing. Amen. We want to thank you, Lord, for every blessing and every grace that we have received. We want to thank you for fresh grace, fresh blessing every day. Amen. Fresh blessing, fresh grace every day. We need it. We need it so much. We have the temptation to become upset about situations or stressful Or anxious. I have no idea, Trish, if that's going to be in the sermon. (laughs) The Holy Spirit hasn't told me which sermon yet. Amen. So I do know that the Lord is pouring his grace on each of us. And he's protecting us. He's teaching us how to step up in our warfare. Okay, we used to not believe God for certain things until we got to this ministry. Okay, and then we stepped up about two or three steps. Well, God's saying it's time to take the next step. Don't just, okay, so you you stepped on three steps. Don't stop there. Go to the next step. That's right. Don't just stop. Okay, Lord, I'm on step number three in faith concerning this particular issue. And we want to just sit there and go, I made it to step three, and he's going, no, it's time to go to step four. So, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. You know where we really need to be. And so we've been having some challenges. We've been having some some places where we've had to learn to stop stressing and to praise you and to trust you and to thank you instead. We're learning to actually do the scriptures that you've given us to receive, Lord. So we want to thank you that you're changing. You're changing us from having a not-so-good attitude to a much better attitude. And as we continue, our attitude will get even better. Amen? And the blessings and the grace will flow in Jesus' holy name. Amen, Father. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the warring, linking angels that surround us, your praising angels, the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. Your grace that's sufficient for every need. You've got grace for every single thing, every little thing. Every little thing, you have grace for everything that we need and everything that we're challenged with. Thank you. You've already provided the grace. You've already handled the obstacle or the hindering. You've already taken care of it. We just need to trust you and believe you. We need to get out of ourselves and trust you, and believe what you tell us. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to grow up. It's important to grow up in Christ. We want to thank you for your ministering spirit. We want to thank you for all of the armor of God. Teach us how to use it more effectively, Father, in Jesus' name. Teach us how not to whine and complain but to keep focused on the task at hand, that we might be persistent in warfare and get the breakthrough that we have desired. Amen? We want to thank you, Lord, for teaching us to be persistent in warfare, not whining about it. Well, is it going to stop today or tomorrow or the next day? It's going to stop when it stops. But our charge, do what we've been taught to do, faithfully. So we execute what you've given us to do, Father, in faith. And we thank you for the blessing of faith in Jesus' holy name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, all demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down on demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver, cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and to throw them on, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, all reporters, watchers, listeners, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, electronic and digital and technology demons, and their attacks, all Leviathan spirits, and their attacks, Kundalini spirits, and their attacks, all brainwashing all marine and water spirits in their attacks, sex devils in their attacks, unclean spirits in their attacks, all passive devils in their attacks, sorcery devils in their attacks, all seducing and womanizing and drone and order spirits in their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the seducer and the charmer in their attacks. And we bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, in Jesus' holy name, we bind our electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, mind controlled by the occult, voice feedback, cyber sex, cyber sex crime, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, Pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems and brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo binding directed energy microwave weapons and binding all vibrations which are demons. We thank you, we bind our mystic rituals and in their intent. We bind our targeted radio frequencies, our false weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies and their attacks, the work of every Druid, our audio weapons, the Havana syndrome brain changes. And all remote viewing, artificial intelligence, smart dust, sleep deprivation, and pain-afflicting spirits we bind in the name of Jesus. We bind everything coming off the satellite, off the cellular towers, and out of our electronic and technological devices in Jesus' name. Find all 5G and components in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all mystic rituals and in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons, all chalices, upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic art. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to defenders. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Caribbean, Jamaican. Latin American, Black and White
2: magic,
1: Islanders, Indigenous groups, Tribal groups, Asian, Pacific Islanders, De and other groups name of Jesus. the We bind all more gentlemen's attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. and know. Teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is true. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we have come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander in chief and whom we serve and obey. Yes, Lord, we serve you and we obey you. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially all that are being persecuted in the name of Jesus, and all who were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We disconnect ourselves from every demon that has followed us, who sent to us, transferred to us. We command them to be bound in Jesus' name and leave us next. We disconnect our minds from all ungodly thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind those thoughts and bring them subject to the word of God. We bring them captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We cover ourselves in our transportation and the road or airways where we travel with the blood of Jesus Christ. We take the authority, dominion, and power over all the entities that would cross our path in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you've already dispatched your angels ahead of us. We return to senders. Every attack against our vehicles and against our transportation, every trap that was laid out for us, we thank you, Father, for destroying the trap. We thank you, Father, for destroying that work of the enemy before it ever got to us. We raise the shield of faith and we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We thank you, Lord, for linking shields in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for linking shields in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We cover ourselves and all of our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over all dreams, over all visions, over all words of knowledge, over all words of wisdom, over every pronouncement made over us that did not come from the throne of God. We bind it up in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't have to remember dreams that don't come from Jesus. We break that grip and hold in the name of Jesus Christ, taking up room in our thought life that actually belongs to the word of God. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. We send those false dreams, those invasions into our rest, back to the demons that brought it in the name of Jesus, to cling to them for eternity. We pull out all fiery darts, pens, needles, spears, voodoo, anything sent to us from the demonic realm we commanded to get up and leave us now. In the name of Jesus, never return again. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. We cut and burn all ungodly silver cords and ley lines, all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leads, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic you, Lord Jesus, for lovingness. We destroy walls of protection around shamans, nanobots, satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and such. We break the power of every curse, love spell, vex, hex, charm, fetish, all psychic prayers and thoughts, all mind control, sorcery, magic, potions, bewitchment, death spirits, torments, sickness, destruction, accidents, incantations, chanting, ungodly blessings, oodle, crystals, root work, and everything being sent to us from the demonic realm in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of all tribal rituals and sin in our lives in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. We there's no other blood like the blood of Jesus Christ. We bind all spirits of envy, jealousy, uh, mocking spirits, wizardry, sorcery, and all other demonic influences in the name of Jesus Christ. We destroy your influence in the name of Jesus. We bind spirits of bondage, heaviness, fear, and hate. We break every yoke. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we release the power and the blood over the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen,
3: amen,
1: and amen. Thank you, amen. To Amen. Um, we're going to pick up where we left off with a sermon um, from September 9th. A Change to Peace was that sermon. And this sermon is called Walking in Peace. Walking in Peace. Amen. It's called Walking in Peace. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I've done my announcement. Thank you. Our featured psalm for this evening's worship service is Psalm 108, Psalm 108, and our verse for meditation comes from the book of Psalms also, Psalm 68, verse 3, Psalm 68, verse 3. Our featured e-book is Wizards Caging People, The Power of Darkness, and the link is in the chat those who need it. Our guest calling number remains area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen. So we were talking about how all of us have all these different personalities we learn that righteous judgment is simply this, seeing our issues or circumstances according to what the word of God speaks, according to what the word of God speaks. So the question is, you're buying gas. You're you're at the gas station. You pull up to the little store and you park and you go in to pay for your gas, and you find out that somebody uh, has hit your car while you were inside the store, well, you can go all up in flames right there on the spot if you like, but that's not going to change the fact that the car will still have to be repaired, you'll still have to make the needed reports to the insurance company or to whomever. But at the same time, you need to get the victory. That's right. You need to get the victory. You don't need to pout. You don't need to whine. You don't need to be upset more than is, is needed. And really, it's not needed because God will walk you through step for step everything to do of life. Nobody likes it, but you don't have to allow that to control you. It's circumstances. It's not inside you. It's outside of you. It should not be able to control your attitude. A week later, you're still upset about it. Well, you didn't like it, Well, let's get over it. It's just one of those things that has happened. You need to deal with the details of the matter. It doesn't have to change you. Amen? And that's what God is dealing with us about. He wants us transformed into his image and his likeness. He wants us to act like him. Amen? And he's not playing. He's serious. He's very, very
2: serious
1: about this. There are things we simply are not going to be able to change. However, we can change our perspective on the matter at a greater level, and we surely do need to. We must adjust to human problems, errors, weaknesses, Accident, or any number of events, which, if we choose not to adjust ourselves to them, will deeply affect our peace and joy. Amen. It will deeply affect our peace and joy. So the Lord was held to understand this, he was helping us to understand this when we talked about uh, Joe and Joy. Joe and Joy uh, headed out to have, first he mentioned, remember, he took us back to Numbers 13. And we reviewed what happened with Joshua, Caleb, and the other ten spies. They all saw the fruit of the land. They all went in as spies, and they all saw the exact same thing. They saw all the giants, and they saw that the promises God made them, that it was land flowing with milk and honey and fruit everywhere and very fruitful and bountiful land. That was the truth. But only two of them decided to have the right heart perspective. Only two of them decided to see it through God's eyes. Only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, actually went in. The others died in the wilderness. Why? Because they turned back from following God. They brought an evil report. They looked at the exact same things that Joshua and Caleb looked at, and their perspective was, no, let's go back to Egypt. We can't do that. We are grasshoppers in their sight and in our sight, too. None of that is what God told them. See, when the Lord has been priming you over a period of time to move in a certain direction and accomplish certain things, and for you to come to the brink of stepping over into it and you turn around and turn back you must must need to know that you certainly did not please the Lord. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. That's what the word says. So God had promised them a land that he had given to them. They were going to run the inhabitants out. They were going to take over this good land, and it was going to be theirs. With In order to do that, they needed some faith and some patience and some obedience. And we're the same way. God's given us promise A, B, C, and D. However, it's not like you can press a button and all of a sudden you have all four. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to walk through these things because we have to grow as we matriculate through them. They're designed to cause us to grow. They're designed to cause us to mature. They're designed to cause us to appreciate and love the Lord. You know, say, sometimes we have sinned. I know that's a shock to you, but it does happen. And sometimes we would have more grace in a situation if we would earnestly repent for some of the sin we have committed. But you see, now that we're in the midst of this trouble, we can't really remember what sin we really did. And so when the trouble comes, we just want the trouble to stop because it's painful and tormenting. But if we would take a moment and say, Lord, back there a while back, I've done a lot of things I know that did not please you. But are there specific things that I did during that season that are that are still standing between you and me? See, it's important. It's important. You know, I, I, I try to teach you not to get comfortable with the gloss over. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Don't get down to the real nitty-gritty. Lord, I kicked her in the face. Come on, you you didn't do it all like a gloss over. You did individual specific things that were sin, iniquities, transgressions. Well, treat it that way when you repent. Call them out for what they are. If you've forgotten, the Holy Spirit will help be helped. But if you just want to whine and boo-hoo-hoo, you're going to sit there and whine and boo-hoo-hoo. It's time to get up and get on with it. Amen? It's time to grow up. That's what God says. So we talked about Joy and Joe and how they left home and they they found a babysitter for their kids, praise the Lord, and they were headed out to have this wonderful vacation that, um, that they had never gotten to have. Well, everything went fine for a little while for the first leg of the trip. Then the car uh, had a problem. And then their money was stolen. And it was on a holiday weekend. So there wasn't anything they could do about it. So they could sit there and be miserable, or they could have a good time anyway. They decided after they had cried and prayed and laughed, that they were going to count their blessings and realize how much they had and how little they had lost their choice. That was their decision. They weren't going to fall apart at the seams. They were going to keep on. They had intended when they left home to have a wonderful vacation. They were determined they were going to have it anyway. No matter what happened, no matter how horrible the circumstances were, they were going to have a good time anyway, and they did. Amen? How many of us would have decided that? You see, the problem is we want to keep this ideal, picture-perfect idea of what we want in mind. And the minute it doesn't turn out to be the picture that we painted, we've got an attitude, and it's not the right attitude. It's an attitude that God doesn't appreciate and that we need to grow out of. You know, somebody said life is just a bowl of cherry, but watch out for the pit. I'd like to remind you that I don't care how beautiful the rose is, it comes with thorns. There's a lesson in that if you're willing to learn. It, it can have the most beautiful fragrance, the most velvety petals, the most stunning color, but it still comes with thorns. Amen? So you can keep poking your fingers on the thorns and cursing the rose, or you can wear some protective gloves. And use some shears. Now, isn't that up to you? It's the decision that you choose to make. Amen? Well, it's up to you. It really is. It's truly up to you. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails the Bible says. In the case of Joe and Joyce, the circumstances didn't improve, but their attitude improved. Amen? And by God's grace, our attitude can, if we allow them to, completely overcome the circumstances. Amen. A right attitude carries us through bad circumstances and even poor or um, a right attitude can carry you through poor health or health conditions. But you have to determine which attitude you're going to have. The Bible gives us plenty of encouragement to go in the right direction. Perspective is what makes our spirits soar or it can lead us to tragedies and disease. Stress cannot stand in the face of a righteous perspective. Then we learned that our perspective comes right out of our belief system. That's the root of it all. We think and act based on our beliefs. So it's extremely important that we believe the truth of the Bible. We don't have a solid foundation in life when the truth of the Bible is what we believe. You know, the Bible talks about the man that built his house on sand, and the man that built his house on the rock. The very same storm came to a against those homes, but it was the one that built his house on the rock whose house withstood the storm. So we have to decide where we want to be where we want to be. Amen? We have to decide that. We have to decide if God is sovereign when somebody uh, bashes into the back of our car and takes off, or is he only sovereign when we come to church. He's either Lord of all in the parking lot or he's not Lord at all when we come to church. You see, God can't just be great and wonderful and majestic and powerful and merciful and forgiving when we're in church. God is who he is all of the time. The Bible says he changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we have to come to the determination in our own hearts and minds that that's the truth. We hear it in church, but it's different from hearing it and taking that truth into our own hearts and minds and utilizing it every single day. There is a difference. Amen. Our belief should be rooted in the truth. And even if they are not, they are the things that determine what our perspective is and how we're going to respond. Say, well, I believe what the Bible says, but I'm not very happy right now. Well, life changes, and your attitude should change too. You should be happy that, first of all, your sins have been washed away. You have an opportunity for eternal life. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. When you come before the Lord, there's nothing standing in between. That ought to make you jubilant 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, no matter who you are. When you leave this life, when you exit your body, you have a heavenly home to go to that should make everybody happy amen so trust in god has to do with our faith and faith comes from hearing god's word faith comes from hearing the word of god trigger our faith into action. Situation comes up. Somebody hits your car in the parking lot. So now are you going to use your faith or not? No one can make the choice but you. So you have to have faith to believe it's going to work out all right because God is in it with you. That requires faith and some patience. Amen? We must learn things to rejoice despite our circumstance. Amen. We must learn to rejoice. And I had a good opportunity today to do just the opposite. No, I had several opportunities. But you see, God is helping us, amen, and we need to open our hearts and receive the help. The Bible promises us in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know, and we know, not and we think maybe possibly, no, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know this. Now, if you don't know it, you need to get on a fast and on your face until you do. Nobody can make you believe it but you. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. You see, you have to keep your thoughts focused on him. That's up to you. Because... He trusted in thee. You've got to choose to trust in it. Choices, choices. Make the right one. Amen. Choices. Make the right one. Repent. Go back and get it right. Amen. We have that blessed opportunity. Philippians chapter four, beginning with verse four. Philippians. Chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. <sighs> yeah, when the car stops going, it's, you know, it was going down the road, you're on your way home, and then it stops. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always means always. That's what it means. It means there's never an opportunity that you're not rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> you got to make that choice. Rejoice in the Lord always. How could you say that? I'm in pain. Well, my dear, if you're in pain, that means you're still alive and you have feelings. You're still conscious. You still have a mind. Who are alive, but they're basically a vegetable. Their brain is dead. So I say to you, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. You know, I was in Publix the other day and I went through the line and I was, um, I, we were just having, you know, we just exchanged a few remarks, the cashier and I. And she started and she said, this is going to be a good day anyway. And I agreed with her. And we set our compass at that moment when we came into agreement with what our perspective was going to be for the remainder of the day. It was a good day. Did everything go the way either of us wanted it to? Not necessarily, but it's a good day. See, your perspective has to do with the way you look at things and how you believe. Your believer matters. It really does matter. It matters a lot to God, and it should matter to you. You see, Jesus Christ hung on the cross. He bled and died. His body was ripped to shreds. He experienced more excruciating pain than any other human. So when we have pain in our body and pain is attacking our body, we should consider him who hung on the cross for our sins. Instead of just focusing on what we're going through,
2: we ought to consider him.
1: There is a time when you're suffering to get your mind off of yourself and on to Jesus. Amen? There is a time when you are suffering. And I'm very serious about this. There is a time when you are suffering to get your mind off of yourself and on to the Lord. Isaiah 26.3 still says, And thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusted in thee. Well, you can sit there and whimper, you can cry, you can moan, or you can change your perspective. Does it mean all the pain is going to go away immediately? No. It means things are going to get better inside of you. The Bible says that a man's spirit can sustain his physical infirmity, but a wounded and a broken and a crushed spirit, who can bear? Well, part of the makeup with dealing with that wounded, that crushed, and that broken spirit is your perspectives and your beliefs and your faith or lack of, or weakness in faith. Amen? There have been people who have faith and have faced the death squad. They knew for certain they were going to die and it wasn't going to take long. But they did it in faith. Think about that. Consider him who suffered the ultimate suffering for our sin. You see, we deserve, we would have deserved what would have happened to us had we been uh, uh, nailed to that one of those other crosses. But Jesus didn't deserve what he received. He did not deserve it. There was no sin that he had committed. You and I have, and some of us have tried to outdo others. We would have justly deserved that punishment, but he did not. Yet he took the ultimate punishment for you and I. So when things have gone in a direction we would have preferred not, when things are difficult and hard and suffering, A lot of suffering is there. We have to consider Jesus and his suffering. You see, there's a perspective that all of us need. As Christians, we always have reason to rejoice because the truth of the word of God does not change. Outward circumstances do not change that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Outward circumstances do not change that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. What really is significant and meaningful and everlasting and powerful has not changed. That's something to hold on to. We are created by God, loved by God, and cared for by God. Amen? Psalm 59, beginning with verse 16. Psalm 59, beginning, But I will sing of thy power. Yes, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my
2: defense
1: and refuge in the day of my trouble. In other words, God, you had my back. Thank you. I'm going to praise you and worship you because you not only had my back, my front, my top, my bottom, you stayed in my corner and never left. You gave me the victory. Oh, my strength, will I sing? For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. God is my defense. You know, when you go through seriously tough times, most people eventually get worn out and leave you standing there by yourself. Even some of your most faithful friends. But God won't. He's your defense. And he's the God of your mercy. His mercies are fresh and new and available to you every single day. They're fresh. They're new. They're available. They're yours if you will receive them. So we have to remember that, first of all, the early Christians went through things that probably we may never experience. They were in pain too when those lions and all those wild animals were tearing their bodies apart. Yes, they were in pain and suffering too. Consider Paul and silence when they were in prison in Philippi. Both of them had been slaughtered. That means they got beat with whips. Have you been beat with a whip lately? Is your back bloodied because somebody took a whip and just beat you repeatedly? Do you have scars all over your back because of it? And what in those days was uh, a probably a real rat-infested, horrible, dirty place called the prison. And what did they do about it? How did they respond? What was their perspective on these events?
3: They went out
1: to preach the gospel, and look what happened to them. Well, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and at midnight, they were not sound asleep. No, Paul and Silas had a prayer meeting. and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. At midnight, no, they were not feeling good at all. Their bodies were in pain, excruciating pain. Their bodies had lacerations and bruises and wounds. But at midnight, when their suffering seemed the worst, they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the other prisoners heard them. Prisoners were listening to them. Keep in mind that Paul and Silas rejoiced and sang with no knowledge of their impending escape through God's divine intervention. While they were busy praying and singing, they didn't know that they were going to get out at all. Yet they prayed and sang all the more. They didn't know they were going to be let out the the next day, the day after that the day after that, the day after that, the month after that, the month after, the year after that, they would had no idea that they were ever going to be let out. Amen. In other words, where the Bible says rejoice in the Lord
2: always,
1: that's what they did. It weren't just words to them. That's what they did. So, they were overflowing with happiness, even when faced with further beatings and death. You have to realize there were several times that Paul records that he was close to death. Not once, not twice, and not three times. More than that. He was shipwrecked out in the middle of the ocean. It was jet black out there all night long for days. And God brought him through that. Surely he can bring us through what we're going through. What would most of us have done in that prison cell with Paul and uh, South? Well, we would have been kicking the wall if we could have gotten our feet out of those stocks. We'd have been having our own little pity part. Then we are filled with the peace of God that surpasses all natural understanding. There have been lots and lots and lots and lots of Christians that have been tormented in prison all over the world since Jesus went to Calvary. And the reports that we do still have around to talk about tell us about victorious Christians, that though they were tortured and left for dead, their testimony was strong. Their testimony was strong. They were still in faith believing. You see, it's that peace that passes all understanding. That's something that people that are angry and bitter and discontent need to see. That's the witness they need to see. Is it in your life? Can others see it? Can they benefit from it? All right. Let me give you something a little closer to hand. Say your family business is lost. Five generations of a business. It took five generations to build that business, and now it's all gone. Say your spouse, after 40-some years, just decided, well, I've had enough of this, and they're gone. We're not saying to you, and I'm not saying to you, that none of these circumstances are going to affect your life. Of course they're going to. However, the circumstance does not need to have control over you. It can't decide if you're going to trust Jesus, if you're going to believe Jesus, or if you're going to obey Jesus. It can't decide if Jesus is God. Your circumstances can't do that. You can't allow him to have that much power in your life. You have to come to that determination on the inside. Amen. You have the ability, because the overcomer lives in you, to rise above the circumstances, just as other Christians have done. You see, the world needs to see calm in the midst of the storm, because then they'll get this glimpse of the Jesus that we love. Amen? Amen? 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Rejoice means to keep on experiencing joy, releasing joy, having joy again and again and again and again. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. You know, I'm going to talk about this particular scripture because this is what I did. Ah, oh, let's see. Some time ago, a long, long time ago, back, back in time, I told you about that encounter I had when I came downstairs one morning, and I found my brother dead on the sofa. It was devastating to the entire family, but particularly devastating to me because I was the one who found him, and I was the one who had to tell my parents, painful as it was, that I was not going to spend the rest of my life feeling that way. I was not going to grieve over his life for the rest of my life. That grief would have a season, but then it was going to be over. That was my decision. I didn't consult with anyone about it. And I informed the Lord my decision. Well, how was I going to get from the mourning and the grief and the anguish that I was experiencing every single day and every night, how was I going to transition from that to being outside of grief and mourning? Well, there are people that tell you you have to go through all these stages, this stage, that stage, the other stage. I didn't decide that I was going to do that. I decided that when the season of grieving was up, I was going to get up with whatever I had left of my life and go on. So one day, I walked up and down, and I began to thank the Lord. I thanked him for my brother's death. I thanked him for how it happened, just the way it happened, everything about it. everybody's response, lack of response, whatever, whatever took place, I thanked him for. And I didn't say it one time, I kept saying it over and over, and I know. Just off the top of my head, I went at this a good hour and a half without stopping. And I just kept thinking. You say, well, that's illogical. I did not use logic. Logic was not going to take that pain out of my heart and out of my soul. I had no use for logic at that time. I had one thing that was going to help me. That was faith in Jesus Christ and in his word. And this scripture is the scripture. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will for me in every situation to give him thanks. And that's what I did for a good hour and a half to two hours without ceasing. And then one day I woke up and that horrible feeling was gone. I wasn't grieving anymore. I'll let you think about that. Amen. You see, everybody has a crisis, tragedy, or something that happens in their life. And you can keep going back to that situation, that crisis, and that tragedy, and allowing it to shut you down and stop you in that area of your life, or you can choose to have a breakthrough. It's up to you. God is not going to make you have a breakthrough. He will help you to walk into it, but you have to want it. You have to desire it. He makes it available to you, or you can keep going to that same painful place. Every year, when the anniversary of whatever it is comes up again, you can go into your mourning all over again. You can go into your depression and sinking feelings all over again. You can rehearse the whole thing over and over and over and over again, or you can get up and go on and live victoriously for Jesus. Amen? You have to choose. Consider Joseph in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You see, Joseph, his brothers did him wrong. His family did him wrong. Joseph could have been bitter and angry and hurt for the rest of his life, but he changed that picture. He changed that picture. You see, you have to decide this. A crisis is an immediate problem with very high stakes. And it usually requires our full focus, no matter how it comes, whether it's an accident or the death of a loved one or a son in jail or a church scandal or a daughter who runs away, everybody's had at least one, two, or three of those if you're an adult. If you made it past 30, you should have had at least one. Well, some prices, comes, and then the situation changes and everything turns out just fine.
2: The son
1: that was crazy and running around in jail, he decides to come to Christ and give his life to Jesus. The daughter comes home. Somebody recovers. So we think, okay, I see God moving here because, oh, it turned out just perfect in the end. Then there are other times when the crisis seems to end in a tragedy. And we think God didn't do anything. But we are wrong. We're wrong. In Joseph's situation, his brothers sold him into slavery. And he became a prisoner. Then after that, he got lied on. And then after that, he got forgotten. You know, things just were not going well for him. And what sin had he committed? Well, if you want to call it a sin, he was sharing a dream that God had given him with his family. People that you're supposed to be able to share those kinds of things with. But that didn't go well with them. So Joseph spent years and years and years of his life in prison even though he did nothing wrong. He might not have used all the wisdom he could have, but he was a young man. He was barely out of his teens. All right? So he had the opportunity to remain bitter for the rest of his life about how life had treated him, but he decided against it. In verse 20, he tells his brothers years later, he's second in command to Pharaoh at that time. The Egyptian empire was the empire of the day, and he was second in command, dealing with his brothers that had been so treacherous to him. He says in verse 20, But as for you, ye thought evil against me. Yes, what you did was evil against me. That's what he said. But God meant it for unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Yes, you were you were evil toward me, but God used it to bless a lot of people. When we're in the presence of the Lord, all of us who know the Lord will have this opportunity to look at life in retrospect. We'll be able to look back and see how it really, really did go we'll be able to look back and see how all these things that we saw didn't come out right really did work together for good. Now Habakkuk is in the old testament. He was a good he was a good prophet. I like Habakkuk. He understood that there is a joy that transcends circumstances. There's a joy that goes above and beyond mere circumstance. Habakkuk's life heavily depended on livestock and producing livestock, but he was also alive during a time when the nation was not pleasing God and things were extremely bleak. Extremely bleak. Didn't look like he would ever recover. And not just for him, but for many others as well. And so he says in chapter 3, Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning with verse 17. This is someone who's lost their entire livelihood. This is someone who has lost their entire livelihood. Verse 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail. Now, they made a lot lot of their money from olive oil. And the field shall yield no meat, no livestock to take to market. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no heard in the stall, not one animal left, yet, just like Paul and Silas, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. This is the lowest it's ever been. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy. In the God of my salvation. I'll find my joy in my God. The Lord God is my strength. Where am I going to find my strength? From the Lord God himself. He will make my feet like hind feet. He will make me to walk upon mine high place. He said, I'm going higher and higher and higher still. And where will I find the strength to do so? From the Lord God, who is my strength, the God of my salvation. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah had a hard time too. The nation had repeatedly turned away from God, turned didn't matter how many prophets God sent to them to warn them and warn them, they kept doing wrong. So in Lamentations, chapter three, verse twenty. Lamentations, chapter three, verse twenty we find Jeremiah terribly sorrowful because things have come seemingly to a complete end. My soul has them still in remembrance these things that have happened that were absolutely horrible and is humbled in me. Verse 21. This I recall to
2: my mind.
1: Therefore, have our hope. You see, he remembers the times when the nation didn't do right, but God showed mercy. And he showed mercy. And he showed mercy. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. We deserve to be completely wiped off the face of the earth. But because of God's mercy, we are not consumed. And the United States of America and many other nations can say that too. We should have been, but God is merciful. Because his compassion fail not. <laughs> New every morning. Great is thy faith. You know there's some of you, you have very difficult warfare because people are literally trying to kill you through demonic means. But you see, God's compassion for you has not gone away. His mercies for you are new every morning and great is his faithfulness to you.
2: Kind
1: of perspective in the midst of tragedy that we ought to have. There are people today walking around living in Circumstances that are not necessarily of their liking, but it's what they needed. It's what was needed at the time. None of us seek tragedy or welcome it, but should it apparently strike, or if it already has, we would be wise to let go of our limited perspective, our limited point of view, And allow God to prove to us that his promises are true. Amen. That his promises are true. Amen. That his promises are really true. Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, let your conversation or lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. No matter
2: what happens,
1: I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I remember this, this song. I remember parts of it. Be not dismayed, whatever be tithed. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day, all the way. He will take care of you, God of you. You might want to believe it. Amen? You might want to believe it. There is a gift God has given his people Throughout the ages that has enabled them not just to hold on, even in times of great difficulty. This is the gift of hope. Hope. The gift of hope. All throughout the scripture, there's a theme that is interwoven into every book of the Bible, and that theme is waiting on God, waiting on God. Psalm 27, verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. I say, on the Lord. Psalm 130, beginning with verse 5. Psalm 130, beginning with verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. In his word do I My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 22. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Mm -hmm.
2: Isaiah,
1: chapter 8. Verse 17. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 17. And I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob. I will look for him. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Amen. I'm going to wait
2: on the Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Wait on God is a call of faith and hope. Believing that while not all is right, he will make all things right. As we daily see God's face in prayer, we must Learn to listen to him as well as talk to him. Amen. We must learn to withdraw and quietly wait as he unfolds to us the certainty of his purpose, his person, and his place. God is good on all the time Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Amen? Amen. So I pray that you got something to learn. And I pray that your trust in the Lord is growing because it's important. We're all going to need to trust the Lord. Amen. Now I have another announcement. Amen. I have another announcement. He said, really, that's right. I have another announcement. And here it comes. The fast begins on Monday, September 19th, your time zone, at 4 a.m., your time zone, and proceeds continuously through... With no break, September 24th until midnight, your time zone. Amen? Amen. Really, Pastor? Really? Amen. And our focus for the fast will come from the Gospel of Mark. Come. From the Gospel of Mark Mark Chapter 2 Verse 17 Mark Chapter 2 Verse 17 The worship song That we will all enjoy Will be posted In the MIC chat room when the Lord gives it to pastor at the beginning of the fast, Amen? Amen. And our exercise, yes, we have exercise on our fast, will be executing the script, uh, the 20th verse in the book of Jude. Amen? The 20th verse in the book of Jude for a minimum of 20 minutes a day. Amen. That's right. Now we, uh, we're we having some Bible reading with this fact. We are memorizing the 23rd Psalm. We are memorizing The 23rd Psalm, and I hope this came out right, Jesus. I'm working it. Here we go. We're memorizing the 23rd Psalm. On day one, we'll be reading Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. Day two, Genesis 4, 5, and 6. Day three, Genesis 12, 13, and 14. Day four, Genesis 15, 16, and 17. Day 5, Genesis 18, 19, and 21, and day 6, Genesis 22, and Genesis 28. Amen? Amen.
2: So, Lord. And
1: we have some prayers that we'll be doing. Amen. We have some prayers
2: that we're going to be
1: doing. Amen. Let me get this together here. All right. In our prayers, we are interceding for members of moms to be healed in their body. That includes weight loss and weight gain. We are interceding for members of moms to receive miracles from our God. We are releasing faith, courage, restoration, and healing over all Miracle Outreach Ministry members. Amen? Amen. And we have some prayer closet things to deal with. Yes, yeah, we have some prayer closet things to deal with. Praise God. See if I can't get this right. Amen. We have some prayer clock things to do. Okay. Amen. Oh, this didn't quite come out right, Brother Bill. Brother Bill, you're going to have to fix this for me because it didn't quite come out right. Amen. It didn't come out the way I typed it up. Thank you. (laughs) I'll read it to you. In our prayer closet four times a day. Okay. Do right. We're going to bind our fears, and we're going to lose 2 Timothy 1.17, four times a day. You bind your own fears, not somebody else's. This is about you. We're going to bind our ignorance four times a day, and we're going to lose Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Yes, these are the same scriptures from the last time plus. We're going you're going to bind your own foolishness and and lose Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 over you. You're going to bind your own thoughts and loose Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 over yourself. You're going to bind your own flesh and loose Galatians 5 16 over you. You're going to bind your own emotion and loose Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 over you. You're going to bind your own pride. And lose James chapter four, verse ten. you're going to bind your own demons. and loose Luke chapter eleven verse twenty, childish and loose 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven. You're going to bind your own distraction. And lose First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. You're going to bind your own stubbornness. And loose Psalms 32, verses 8 through 9. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to get this together. At least I'm trying to. Oh, Lord. Amen. Here we go. Brother Bill is helping me. Yep. Distractions is the new one. Amen. Okay. This came out looking a little bit better. All right. Not allowed. Red meat, coffee, tea, sports drinks, soft drinks. Highly caffeinated drinks, french fries, baked and frozen desserts. Allowed. Water, Holy Communion, 100% fruit and vegetable juice, protein shake is optional, milk is optional. Day one, salad. Day two, smoothie. Day three, smoothie. Day four, salad. Day five, salad. Day six, smoothie. There you have it Amen It's pretty simple We've kind of gotten used to it It's pretty simple Amen Amen It's kind of simple Now as usual We have to list special considerations For those that need them Amen. Hey. We're used to this. All right. Special considerations. As stated previously, those who have special dietary needs or challenges must seek the counsel of the Lord of the fast for answers. Pastor <laughs> Pastor may be contacted at gproom@outlook.com. At
2: Happy fasting.
1: Amen. So now you have. It. And sometime when Brother Bill has a moment, he'll he'll kind of put it all together there, so you can come up and find the parts that you didn't get yet. But it's in the chat room. If you just scroll back up, you can get it. Amen. It's there. So. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're going to have the fast. Amen. We need it. Now, you have to remember, saints, we're headed into the occult high day. What do I mean by that? We're headed into Halloween where the witches and the warlocks and the wizards vie with one another to find out who's going to be the top dog with the most power and the most demons following them. This is not necessarily a Christian celebration. You know what I mean? So, put an eye on your pets, you know, so they don't get sacrificed. Bind up that kind of activity wherever you are. Don't think because you live in a nice neighborhood that nobody does that, okay? Just get off that page. There is no such thing as a nice neighborhood, okay? A nice neighborhood is the neighborhood Jesus lives in. Amen? The gates are pearl. The wall is jewel. The cement is transparent gold. The gates are voice-activated. That's a nice neighborhood. You get it? All right. A nice neighborhood. And I'm certain that many of us want to move into a mansion in that neighborhood, but not yet. Amen? Not just yet. That might be our desire, but not just yet. Amen. Not just yet. How did we get that? Lord? Hmm, that was interesting. Not just
2: yet. <laughs> oh, oh, well,
1: it's all of us could be your neighbor. Amen. It's a wonderful day in that neighborhood. So you all can experiment with making whatever salad is the salad you like. Amen. Me, I just like mine fast and quick so I can eat it and go on to the next thing. Praise God. Amen. So I want you to, as we're seeking the Lord and being serious with him, I also want you to enjoy the fasting period. It's a it's a time of fellowshipping with the Lord. And so um, don't cut yourself short. That's what I'm saying. Cut yourself short. Enjoy this time with the Lord. Grow with the Lord. Let him show you things you don't know. And there's a lot of that. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, I forgot about you. Sorry about that. Brother Bill, there you are.
4: I got the fast posted for you in in the uh, chat room, Pastor. (laughs) Thank you. I got it fixed. (laughs) Sometimes technology just don't want to work with us, does it? Anyway, wow, we have some wonderful praise reports tonight. Let's start with Claudette. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to get a second truck I wasn't even going to anymore to the dealership. And mom called and said, your son on the way to go with you to the dealership. And I didn't want to tell him, no, thank you, Father. Now I can get another route and pay off these bills after I pay my pies first. Of course, you do that, and Jesus takes care of everything. Thank you, Lord. We just lose blessings over business in Jesus' name. And Amy Miller says, praise God. Thank you, Lord for grace and growth in these last two church fasts. Isn't that so convenient? She said that right now. Such good timing, Lord. It's like I have a better understanding in the word, more awareness, what I'm doing that needs to change. I thank you for Friday's teaching that brought me more transparency in my spirit, soul, and heart in my life. Amen. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for that. And Caroline has a praise report. Cam is setting where she is in a Christian home. The house mother's a Christian in charge of 55 children with her own one there, too. And the energy bills have been capped at 2500 for a typical household. Wow. That's a lot of money just for an energy bill. Wow. MM has a praise that is amazing. Wow, MM has a praise report after over ten days with a flu. God deliver me and heal me. The Lord also gave me the godly strength to carry on this day and visit with the niece family. We talked about the Lord and all His goodness last night. I had only three hours of sleep, but I was still rejoicing in the Lord for his deliverance and sharing my glad heart with him. Today ended so well with godly company, godly conversation. I thank God for it. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. We just praise you. Now, Dana has a praise report. I was informed that a business matter would take approximately two weeks to resolve, but God is faithful, and the matter was resolved in four days. Praise God. Bless his holy name. Now, Dina has a praise report. I said in the previous praise report that J.C.'s guard in the prison was moved, but he was the one that got moved to another unit. Praise you for that, Lord. And my 17-year-old car needed major repairs, so I went to the Lord. And he had me get a new car. I asked him for confirmation more than once whether to purchase a new or used car. I got final confirmation when I was listening to an old sermon, and Brother Marshall starts praying for those who are getting new cars. Sure enough, while, reaching, while researching cars, the used cars are higher than the new ones. So I thank the Lord for helping me through the whole process. The best part was... It was only 4,000 more than the car I bought 17 years ago. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful testimony. Tiffany has a praise report. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for healing all of us in this household, especially Asher, the three-year-old. He had a major fever throughout Monday, but it all went away on Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for delivering and healing him. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. In case that I was hit hard with a painful sickness, but God's bringing me out of it and will use it for my good. Thank you, Lord. Yes, every time I see something happen in my body, I just start praising the Lord. And you know what? I look at it like this. Here's another testimony I can give to say, Praise you, Lord, for that. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Shakira has a praise report. I passed my mass and bookkeeping control exam. I really struggled with, maths, with math, but a couple of days before the exam, I was looking through revision videos. A few subjects really stood out to me, so I decided to revise them instead. When I entered the exam room, it was the exact topics I studied for. It was only by God's grace I passed those exams. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Yes, Lord, we give you praise for that. AK has a praise in addition to lessons he does with me. AK enrolled in three rigorous online classes this school year. After a lot of stress, cramming, managing time his own way, and getting burnt out, he is learning to humble himself and obey the guidance of his parents. Hallelujah, praise you, Shakira. Praise the Lord. Prayer warriors growing. Praise you, Lord Jesus. All our little prayer warriors are going. Shakira has a praise report. I just received an interview, an invite for a civil service internship. My current manager was so kind to help me and to prepare for the interview. To help me prepare for the interview. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord for your grace that you're giving all of us. We just praise you for that, Lord Jesus. Your grace is just your unmerited favor towards us. Thank you, Lord, just because we belong to you. And these are wonderful, awesome praise reports, and we just praise you, Lord Jesus. We just praise you. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. Just wow is all I can say. Jesus always wows me with these praise reports.
1: Okay, you missed mine
2: again. What? Yeah, you did it. <laughs> really? Yeah, you missed it again. <laughs> you ha You gotta quit
4: hiding them. <laughs> <laughs> you missed it again. All
2: right.
4: I'll go first.
2: Uh
1: huh. Yep. You. <laughs>
2: Uh Uh-huh,
1: you missed it again. Amen. So, we need to pray, things. As soon as I can find the prayer. My goodness, Lord, this is a bunch of junk here. What what happened to it? I I put it in here. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Where did it go, Lord? I know it's in here because I put it in here. And I'm looking for it. Here it is. I found it. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning medical ethics is about protecting society from medical malfeasance and the self-interest of the humans whom we trust to manage health. It is therefore disturbing when prominent people in a prominent journal tear up the concept of medical ethics and human rights norms. It is worse when they ignore broad swaths of evidence and misrepresent their own sources to do so. On July 8, 2022, The Lancet published a Viewpoint article online, Effectiveness of Vaccination Mandates in Improving Uptake of COVID-19 Vaccines in the U.S. The article, which acknowledges the controversial nature of vaccine mandates, primarily concludes that coercing people to take a medical product and reducing options for refusal increases product uptake. It further concludes that the best way to implement such mandates is for employers and educational institutions to threaten job security and the right to education. The use of coercion, against the established ethics and morals of public health and could be argued to be anti-health. In this case, the article justifies it by stating that the current evidence regarding the safety of COVID-19 vaccines in adults is sufficient to support mandates. However, it offers scant evidence to back this assertion and ignores all evidence to the contrary. They apparently consider the ability to work and support a family or gain formal education as something that is to be granted or taken away, not a human right. The Lancet was once a credible journal with a rigorous policy of peer review, However, in this article, it appears to have dropped its former standards, promoting medical fascism, coercion, threat, and division to achieve compliance with authority without insisting on a rigorous evidence base to justify such an approach. This suggests an attempt to normalize such approaches in mainstream public health. So saints, the Lord is showing us that this doesn't just affect a few areas of society. This situation that we're now confronted with affects every single element of society, even medical journaling and reporting and data collection, things that normally stood Based on evidence That was tested And tried many times No, they threw out all the standards All the proper expectations All the proper methods Of determining what is scientifically correct Don, motives That are not right Past experience has shown us Where fascism behind the facade of public health can lead. The sterilization campaigns aimed at colored and low-income populations of the U.S. eugenesis era and the extensions of similar programs under Nazism in the 1930s and 40s in Europe relied heavily on the normalization of such approaches. Leading public health voices from John Hopkins School of Public Health and other institutions championed a public health approach of sanitizing populations rather than environments, encouraging the idea of a tiered society where health experts determine the rights and the medical management of those deemed less worthy. The authors of this Lancet paper ranging from academics and medical consultants to the daughter of a prominent politician, attempt to rewrite human rights in medicine as if precedent never existed. Their argument for coercion in mass vaccination recognizes that vaccine mandates, whether issued by governments, employers, or school, all involve a loss of rights. No serious attempt is made to provide a medical justification for mass vaccination with a non-transmission blocking vaccine. The paper focuses on the premise that coercion, commonly considered a form of force, makes humans do things they would not otherwise do, banning fellow humans from making their own health choices on pain of loss or normal participation in society has an impact on increasing vaccine uptake. This is hardly a revelation to any thinking human, but clearly important enough cation in the Lancet. The article links to evidence of vaccine mandates used for state school entry that show higher compliance, when the right of religious and personal belief exemption is removed or where erroneous requirements for exemptions are put in place, leaving ethical questions aside. The obvious lack of similarity between the authors predict childhood vaccinations that block transmission and COVID-19 vaccines that have minimal impact on transmission and may even promote it. It is ignored. is ignored, rather. The one mandated adult vaccine predicate reference in the article, the influenza vaccine, provides only a 2.5% reduction in pneumonia when the mandated vaccine was well matched to circulating strains in the reference quoted. When raising the sacking of non-vaccinated workers, the authors seem comfortable with the approach but coy in admitting its consequences. Their admission that a few large U.S. employers have terminated hundreds of workers for non-compliance references an article in Money magazine which actually paints a bleaker picture characterizing it as a great resignation. The authors will also have been aware of mass layoffs by large employers,
2: such as New
1: York City, over 9,000 people sacked or placed on leave. The U.S. Department of Defense, DOD, which sacked 3,400. Kaiser, which laid off 2,200. And tens of thousands of staff lost from the U.K. Care home sector extrapolated across countries and society to actually provide credible data may have been too uncomfortable for the authors and Lancet editors. High efficacy and state safe, though on their own insufficient prerequisite for any mandated product. This entire area of safety is dealt with by stating. The current evidence on the safety of COVID-19 vaccines in adults is sufficient to support mandates, supported by a single study comparing vaccinated individuals one to three weeks at three to six-week post-vaccination, revealing low levels of myocardial infarctions, appendicitis, and stroke. Well, what if you're one of the ones that got the stroke? Where does that leave you? The claim that widespread administration in adults has quickly generated a large evidence base supporting the vaccine safety, including evidence from active surveillance studies, suggests that both the authors and the Lancet are unaware of the VAERS and UDRA's vigilance databases set up for exactly this purpose. No mention is made of growing data on myocarditis, menstrual irregularities, or the excess all-cause mortality and severe outcomes in vaccinated groups in the Pfizer
2: randomized
1: controlled trials on which the FDA emergency registration was based. Were the Lancet reviewers unaware of these sources? The sole reference to vaccine efficacy discusses COVID-19 ventilation patient outcomes. It ignores the period to 14 days post-previous dose that Pfizer acknowledges can be associated with immune suppression. Fenton et al. have noted that classing a vaccinated person as unvaccinated in the first 14 days post-injection has profound impact on vaccine effectiveness data. Post-infection immunity in the unvaccinated is a threat to arguments for mandates. The authors disingenuously state that the evidence suggests that the immunity produced by natural infection varies by individual and that people with previous infection benefit from vaccination. New variants, new variants Further undercut the case for adequacy of previous infection. And they go on to tell about the particular studies that um,
2: concern this.
1: The vast breadth of evidence on relative effectiveness of post infection immunity is ignored. Either the authors fail to read their references and are unaware of waning and of the vast literature on post-infection immunity, or they do not consider demonstration of efficacy important for coerced medical treatment. In a previous era or in a previously credible medical journal, an argument for coercion to support a medical procedure would have required very high standards of evidence of efficacy and safety. It is arguing for the abrogation of fundamental principles such as informed consent that are at the core of modern medical ethics. Failure to address well-known
2: contrary
1: data should prevent an article from even reaching the peer review stage. We are left with a stating that coercion is a good path to increase compliance for a product that does not reduce community infection risk and has potentially serious side effects. Ignoring both of these aspects of COVID-19 vaccines is a poor approach to justifying mass vaccination, the sole nod to any human rights concern. Some objectors argue mandates represent undue encroachment on individual liberty is an interesting way to characterize removal of the right to income, education, and the ability to socialize with others. Although all these rights are recognized under the Universal Declaration for Human Rights, the authors said, the authors and the Lancet consider them insufficiently serious to dwell upon. Public health has been down this road before. We have seen the path society takes when basic public health principles are subverted to achieve an aim that some perceive is good. We have also seen how most health professionals will comply, however horrific, to the actions involved. There is no reason to believe that this round of medical fascism will end Differently, We rely on medical journals such as the Lancet to apply at least the same standards to the purveyors of such doctrines as they do to others and demand a rational and honest evidence base. Anything less would raise legitimate questions to the role the journal is taking in promoting these doctrines and their place in a free evidence base and rights-respecting society. Praise the Lord. We're thanking the Lord for his adjudication. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. The Australian government has announced the establishment of a new therapeutic research center in Melbourne to develop a drug breakthrough akin to mRNA vaccine technology for future pandemics. Philanthropist Jeffrey Cummings fast-tracked the development with a donation of $250 million, a.k.a. U.S. $171 million, the largest ever medical research gift in Australian history. It can be named Cummings Global Center for Pandera- Pandemic Therapeutics in honor of the Canadian and New Zealand businessmen. We aim to create solutions to minim- minimize the impact of future pandemics and create greater global resist- resilience ahead, Cummings said in a statement. Since 2014, the government has also contributed significantly, committing $1.3 billion in medical research funding, including $75 million to the Cummings Global Center. It also recently bought Moderna's first mRNA vaccine manufacturing facility outside North America to Melbourne. The University of Melbourne, the benefactor, said the new center would focus on rapidly developing, testing, and commercializing new treatments within months of a pandemic outbreak and plans to recruit international experts. The University of Melbourne thanks Jeff Cumming for his incredibly generous donation and the Victorian government for its contribution to pandemic therapeutic research. The University of Melbourne Vice Chancellor Prof. Duncan Maskell said if a therapeutic drug had been available at scale in July 2020 in line with COVID-19 vaccine approval, it would have prevented millions of deaths globally. Ha ha. Professor Sharon Lewin, the director of the Peter Hardery Institute, will also serve as the director of the coming Global Center. The center will focus on research in emerging high-potential molecular platforms and to develop new therapeutics with unprecedented speed. My goodness. Now, you know, vaccines don't come up in five minutes. You don't push a button and then this there. We found that out um, last week or week before when we discovered that Moderna already had um, what you might want to call the key to the COVID-19 vaccine. So they're going to move this to Australia, where they already have taken the people's guns and their minds, too and they're going to put it over in this little corner of the world, and they're going to do whatever they want to do because they've got plenty of money to do it. Hmm. How interesting. Hmm. We plan to do the hard work of basic science, new technologies that might one day be the mRNA of therapeutics. The initial focus will be on therapies to tackle coronaviruses and influenza, but researchers would seek to create platform technologies equivalent to mRNA. Australia's National Science Agency also recently released a report to strengthen the country's preparation for future infectious disease outbreaks. The report identified five virus families that could cause the next pandemic: coronavirus, with COVID-19, MERS, SARS being examples.
2: Flaviviridae.
1: Oh, and its example would be Japanese encephalitis, and another, uh, another influenza, and a NIFA virus. And I can't say that word, fever. I don't know where they got that from. The coming Global Center will be initially based with the Peter Daughtery Institute for Infection and Immunity before being located in the new Australian Institute for Infectious Diseases set to open in 2027. Is that where Fosse moving to? Shame he didn't move there sooner. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning three Italian surgeons conducted a a study analyzing blood from 1,006 people who developed
2: symptoms
1: after they got a Pfizer BioNTech or Moderna mRNA injection and found 94% of them to have medication of erythrocyte and the presence of particles of various shapes and sizes of unclear origin. Mm. One month after inoculation. That's not good. Erythrocytes are a type of red blood cells that carries oxygen and carbon dioxide. What seems plain enough is that metallic particles resembling graphene oxide and possibly other metallic compounds have been included in the cocktail of whatever the manufacturers have seen fit to put in the so-called mRNA vaccine, the authors wrote in the study's discussion and conclusion. They said their results are very similar to the findings of Korean doctors Young Mi Lee and Sun Young Park and Ki Jeon titled Foreign Materials in Blood Samples of Recipients of COVID-19 Vaccines, present a much larger sample. It could be claimed that, except for our innovative application of dark field microscopy to mark the foreign metal like objects in the blood of mRNA injections from Pfizer or Moderna, we have replicated the blood work of the Korean doctors with a much larger sample the Italian surgeons wrote. Our findings, however, are bolstered by their parallel analysis of the fluids and vials of the mRNA concoctions alongside centrifuge plasma samples from the cases they they studied intensively, they added. Further studies are needed to define the exact nature of the particles found in the blood and to identify possible solutions to the problems they are evidently causing. Out of the 1,006 cases, only 58 people showed a completely normal hematological picture via microscopic analysis. That's not good. The researchers cited numerous studies to back up their findings, including the well-known tendency of fibrin to cluster, vascular toxicity of the spike protein, and other adverse effects. They analyzed their pre- and post-vaccination health status while showing dark-field microscopic images. We assert unequivocally that the four cases described in these series are representative of the 948 cases in which extraordinarily anomalous structures and substances were found, the researchers wrote. So what they're saying is they found strange substances that have no business in people's blood and that they're not the only ones that have found it. Other doctors in other countries that have been studying this are finding the same thing and that they're finding
2: paralleling
1: what the other scientists and doctors are coming up with, that there's some strange metallic something found in a lot of people's blood after they got the injection. Now, this just ought not to be. In conclusion, such abrupt changes as we have documented documented in the peripheral blood profile of 948 patients have never been observed after inoculation by any vaccines in the past, according to our clinical experience. The sudden transition, usually at the time of a second mRNA injection from a state of perfect normalcy to a pathological one with accompanying hemolysis, Visible packing and stacking of red blood cells in conjunction with the formation of gigantic conglomerate foreign structures, some of them appearing as graphene family superstructures, is unprecedented. Such phenomena have never been seen before. <clears throat> After any vaccination of the past, the researchers stated. In our experience as clinicians, these mRNA injections are very unlike traditional vaccines, and their manufacturers need, in our opinion, to come clean about what is in the injections and why it is there. In our collective experience and in our shared professional opinion, the large quantity of particles in the blood of mRNA injection recipients is incompatible with normal blood flow, especially at the level of the capillary. There's a stroke. The authors wrote, as far as we know, such self-aggregation phenomena have only been documented after the COVID-19 mRNA injections were first authorized, then mandated in some countries. Graphene oxide is a type of material considered two-dimensional and also considered to be the strongest material in the world and the most conducive to electricity and heat, according to grapheneinfo.com. Sherry Tempenny, who has been a hand of the curve in vaccine adverse reactions, believes that these structures could be related to the strange clock Embalmers have been finding whatever is it, whatever it actually found to be in the shot, whether the components are graphene, aluminum, crystalline amyloid, disintegrated fibrin, highly charged nanotech particles, or something else. The disruption in the blood demonstrated on these slides is devastating and irrefutable as are the corresponding histories of the patients involved. Wow.
2: Mm.
1: Now, when you get down to this gentleman called Thorpe, a little further down in the article, he claims that they did uh, and published an article in the Gazette of Medical Sciences. He claims that, oh, this does not If we didn't find this, and we didn't find this. But too many people are finding it. That's what the problem is. Just because you didn't find it doesn't mean it can't be found. And maybe you overlooked it. So
2: let's go on
1: to the next one. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Foreign buyers poured $59 billion into the U.S housing market from April 2021 through March 2022 thing up nearly 100,000 homes across the country amid a severe housing shortage and record high prices despite the huge dollar amount non-US citizens again non-US
2: citizens
1: accounted for a modest 2.6% of the total volume of existing home sales during that period, dropping from 2.8% in the previous 12-month period, according to the latest report on international transactions in the United States by the National Association of Realtors. Existing homes refer to properties that are owned and occupied before coming onto the market, as opposed to new homes, a total of 2.3 trillion worth of existing homes changed hands throughout the United States in the 12 months through March 2022, rising from less than two trillion in the previous period. Resident and non-resident
2: foreigners,
1: resident and non-resident foreigners purchased 998,600 homes in the United States during the 12 months through March so foreigners that are here and foreigners that are not here the lowest number since the National Association of Realtors records began in 2009 Although the fifty nine billion they spent was higher than the previous year's Chinese buyers, a category that includes buyers from the People's Republic of China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, once again led the pack among foreign investors by spending six point one billion on US homes, topping Canadians, Indians and Mexicans in terms of dollar volume. The total amount of Chinese investment grew from $4.8 billion in the previous 12-month period, but the actual number of homes purchased by Chinese investors declined from 6700 to 6100 The reason they bought fewer homes but paid more overall is that the average price they paid per home increased forty one percent from seven hundred and ten four seven hundred ten four hundred dollars in the previous period to one million during the past twelve months through March. This trend mirrors the overall pattern of foreign investment in the US residential real estate, which grew by eight point five percent in total dollars even though the number of homes purchased fell by 7.9%. Rapid appreciation of housing prices during this time helped fuel the increase in cross-border spending. Home prices averaged $374,300 during the 12-month period through March 2022, up 10% from the prior period. Despite the outside-sized role of Chinese capital in driving foreign purchases, the latest figures confirm a significant Chinese retreat from the U.S. housing market. At the peak of their home-buying spree in 27, Chinese buyers scooped up oh 40,600 homes in a single year for a total of 3.31.7 billion while the U.S. real estate market remains alluring to many buyers from across the Pacific. Tight capital controls imposed by the Chinese Communist Party limit the ability of would-be home buyers to pull their money out of the PRC, and COVID-19 restrictions continue to put a damper on cross-border travel. China has reportedly stopped issuing passports for non essential reasons. Meanwhile, other leading foreign buyers have ramped up their purchases of American homes. Buyers from Canada, Mexico, India, Brazil, and Colombia closed on a combined total of thirties in the United States, shelling out fourteen point six billion according to the data. Florida, Florida was the top designation for foreign buyers, claiming 24% of total purchases, followed by California and Texas. The figures, which are based on an annual survey of the association's members, do not, however, capture foreign capital flowing into the U.S. real estate market through institutional investment. Yield-chasing investors account for a growing share of home sales in the United States and cross-border buyers are flexing their muscles in this arena too. For instance, Partners Group, a global investment firm based in Switzerland, announced in May that it was purchasing one a 1 billion portfolio of homes across 17 Sunbelt states, mostly in Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Chicago-based property management firm Kairos Living will manage the collection of more than 3,500 homes, 1,000 of which were still under construction when the deal was revealed.
2: Norway's
1: $1.4 trillion sovereign wealth fund offers another example of the role foreign investors play in the U.S. housing market. The fund's manager, Norges Bank Investment Management, owns American dwellings through its 4.9% stake in Dallas-based Invitation Homes, one of the country's largest owners of single-family rental properties. Invitation Homes is a listed real estate investment trust valued at more than $23 billion with a portfolio of roughly 80,000 detached for-rent homes across the United States. Other investors in Invitation Homes include U.S. Financial, Giants Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street, as well as Netherlands-based PGF Asset Management and a securities group, Japan's second largest brokerage. This spring, it was reported that Japanese conglomerate Yamasa Group had spent $49 million buying 183 single-family rental homes in Raleigh, North Carolina, over a four-year period, in addition to homes in Charlotte, North Carolina, the company is said to own properties in Texas and Arizona. Foreign investment in single-family rentals in the United States has blossomed over the last few years, though precise figures are hard to pin down. Overseas investors accounted for nearly a third of institutional Investment in the Sector, the Wall Street Journal reported in April 2021, citing an executive at real estate services firm Newmark in Canada, where stratospheric home prices are largely driven by sales in Vancouver and Toronto. The government announced a two-year ban on foreign purchases of homes in April. The prohibition, however, comes with huge loopholes, including for foreign students and permanent residents. A similar ban on foreign investment isn't under discussion in the United States, Though so corporate ownership of coveted housing is coming under scrutiny as America faces a historical supply deficit. The House Financial Services Committee on Oversight and Investigations, chaired by Representative Al Green held a virtual panel this past June to explore the impact of institutional investors buying up rental homes. Real estate investors bought a record 20% of the homes sold in the United States during the first quarter of 2022, up from 15.3% a year earlier. A report by real estate brokerage Redfin found. In Atlanta, Jacksonville, Florida, and Charlotte, that figure approached a staggering one-third of all home purchases. In Jacksonville, Florida, and Charlotte, that figure approached a staggering one-third of all home purchases. The median sale price of homes sold in the United States surged to $440,300 in the second quarter of 2022, up nearly 37% from two years prior, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. A worsening imbalance of supply and demand is a main engine of price growth. In a research note, Freddie Mac estimated that the United States had a shortage of 3.8 million homes in 2020, up from 2.5 million in 2018. What you think of that, Brother Bill? What you think of that? Amen, amen. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we request adjudications from the righteous judge on all of these situations that have been presented. And we thank you for your judgment, to you In Jesus' name. Unmuted. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Brother Marshall. Brother Marshall. Can you hear me? Yes,
3: I can. Yes, I can. Okay, let me get my little headset. Just a sec. Yes,
4: Praise the Lord.
3: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mercy is in you every day. <laughs> Extraordinary mercy. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Father. You've heard all these situations that Pastor Sabrina's read through. Mm. And we do ask in agreement. According to Matthew 18. 18, 19, and 20, for your divine intervention adjudication of every one of these situations. And that's just a Lancet article, which is obviously more than a little bit biased toward the, manufacturing, man, the manufacturers of these so-called vaccines, which are debatable what, whether they're vaccines or whether they're just <clears throat> some sort of a device to uh, change people's DNA and control people. Globally, so Father, we ask for your divine help. Ask for your divine help. You said, "Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me." Thank you that you will deliver us. So, thank you. Your arms is not too short to say Thank you for mercies that are new every day. We give you praise and honor and glory, Father. You said in your word, "Pray you may be accounted to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man on that day." For all those who've interceded for, including those in authority making decisions, Father God, and even heads of household, Father God. We pray for those, Father God, that can receive the gifts of repentance, the knowledge of the truth, that they will recover themselves from the snare of the devil, not just those at the Lancet, those at the vaccine manufacturers, those in political situations in, corp- in, in, in different countries, in different municipalities, in different states, in different regions, Father God, not just in the United States, not just in Canada, every nation, Father God, not just in England, Father God, not just what's called Great Britain. What's so great about Cannabis the God, used to be great, United States used to be someplace people wanted to be. Seems like they like to buy a lot of real estate here. Wonder why that is. Maybe the United States is still better than some places, Father God. And currently the U.S. dollar seems to be preferred over many other currencies, Father God, even though it's based on wishful thinking at best, Father God. Oh, Father, we ask your divine help and intervention concerning all these situations, what's being done to force people to get a medical treatment, which is neither clearly documented with giving people the understanding of what the risks and benefits are. Because usually when somebody has to make a choice about what to put in their body, that especially for those who belong to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who's purchased this with his own blood, we're supposed to find out, is this a good thing to put in, or is this not a good thing to put in? You said in your word, in, where's was that then? In, in, uh was it? Timothy, uh, I think it's First Timothy 4.4, 4, every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused. If it's received with thanksgiving, if it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, I don't know if all these things they're trying to put in the vaccine, so-called vaccines, are actually beneficial in the human body. If they're causing extraordinary clotting in ways that don't just involve normal clotting because all these things that the embalmers or whatever they, the morticians have found, And been proven by many different sources, not just the ones that Pastor Sabrina read from, where was that, in Italy, I think it was. All those places where they've looked into these things, Father God, and studied them and found out that they have these different components in it, Father God, to have the ability to conduct electricity and heat. And why would they want that in a human body? Why would the people that are giving these things to people want people to have this? Unless maybe they have an agenda, Mm, that has to do with um, possibly controlling people through things like mm, maybe 5G or some other type of things, Father God, that use electronic communication. Know, we know the human body has electronic components to it, certainly does. There's no question about that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do an EKG or an EEG or any of those kind of studies, Father God, to check the, the, uh, all the different little beats in the heart or the brain waves. You wouldn't be able to do those things. There was no electronic component to the human body. But Father God, we know from many different people, including who was that fellow? What um, is it, Bakhti or whatever? The the number one uh, uh, viro- virologist and physician in Germany, Father God, who said that if, if people would have a D dimer test done, which is something they don't normally do as regular uh, everyday workup on most people. But it shows micro-clotting, clotting that doesn't show up on, a, like, a MRI, MRI, whatever, CAT scan or MRI or whatever. It doesn't show up with the big, bigger studies, Father God. It shows up because it's so small initially. But, of course, after somebody's passed away and they get to look at these things in their veins. So, Father, we ask you to bring all these things to light. We thank you for Dr. Sabrina's persistence in being able to go and uncover some of the things and being able to show the bias the it, it, it bias toward, some people might call, um, this new medical cult, because it's kind of what it is. They want everybody to drink their Kool-Aid, as it were. You know, like there was a group many years ago with some guy, and people bowed down and they wanted to go along with him. And these people all committed suicide. But we're not in favor of mass suicide, Father God, the elimination of the human race. Now, there's some people, deep staters, what some people might want to call them, or global elites from the World Economic Forum and the like that want to bring in this, uh, what's it called, Fourth Industrial Revolution. And it, it sounds like a nice idea, a nice industrial revolution. That sounds really great. But if it happens to be, Industrial Revolution has to do with putting stuff in the body, uh, as um, this guy Noel Harari or whatever says, it, it will not be controlling you from without, it will be controlling you from within. Which sounds a lot like the scripture, because our battle is not with necessarily just without. It's not just our neighbor, our battles from within. From within come all these kind of weird and sick and strange thoughts that people have, things that, that has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, thoughts like kind of a lust of lust, lust of life, pride of life. They're all from within. It talks about in Mark 7, kind out of in Romans chapter 7. And Father God, you said, for from within, out of the heart of man, perceive evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, wickedness. And some of these wicked spirits are trying to manifest to these people at not only the Lancet, not only Moderna, all these different, and now I don't know if this just happened by accident, but it seems like Moderna actually had a patent on this stuff before they actually came out with the vaccines, long before the so-called pandemic, or was it a plannedemic? Even as Biden called it a, was it his press secretary called it a plannedemic? I don't know, if it's a slip of the tongue. Maybe she watched the movie, you know. Anyway, so Father we thank you, Father God, for exposing all these things as we've been praying, Father God, in your word, according to Matthew 10:26, according to Luke 12:2, uh, and Luke 8:17. We thank you for exposing what the enemy is doing, Father God, bringing it all to light. And we've been praying along that line, Father God, and we're all in agreement. Because you said, if two of you on earth agree such to such anything you ask, it shall be done, my Father. In I think of your amazing and amazing, extraordinary grace. For all the people who have been challenged by it, not just Paul and Silas in the prison, not just um, Joseph when he was sold into slavery by his brothers, when the Lord turned it around for good, <clears throat> And Habakkuk being able to look on the bright side, even when things look pretty bleak on the outside, and they're natural, <clears throat> because we don't just live by natural things, we live by you, Lord. And you paid the ultimate price for every one of us. Even when Marshall was a sinner, we were all a sinner, and fall short of the glory of God. At least that's what the book says. And it says, out of the heart of man proceed all kinds of nasty things. And that's, that was the problem. You look at the heart. And we need to have all of our hearts changed. I need to have my heart changed the rest of the way. I thank you that You began a good work in each one of us. He's carried it on to completion. <clears throat> so, Father, change us all the way you want. And help us to allow your light to shine <clears throat> in this dark world at this time, Father God, in the way you want. In, in Jesus' name. Even as Pat Hall, they admonished my bride when she was in extraordinary physical pain, Father God, to just start praising the Lord. So we thank you, Father God. You said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise, in Jeremiah 17:14. So we praise your holy, holy, holy name, that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for laying down your life, your blood, your soul to redeem us, because we know the life of the flesh is in the blood. And you said, I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, because you created all men in one, you made of all men one blood, it says in your book, Father God. And you look at the heart. You don't look on the outside. Well, you know what we look on the outside, but you really care about the heart. And that's all we have to believe in our hearts while you raised Christ Jesus from the dead, not just in the intellect. It may start there, and that's not a bad thing. You want us to love you with all of our hearts, minds, and soul, all of our innermost being. And we thank you for circumcising our hearts, even as we look into your word and find out how much you loved us. So we cast all our cares on you, Lord, as you care for us it is written, God, resisted the proud, who giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, casting all your cares upon him. For he careth We Cast all our cares on you, King Jesus, because you care for us. And he began a good work in Eaton, Sabrina, and Bill, and all your saints, and Kay, and all your saints, and Trish, and Tammy, and, and J.C., and all your saints, Father God, is carrying it on to completion. And, and, and all your saints, Father God, in every nation, Father God, and Margaret, and all your saints in every nation, Father God. We ask for your help, Father God, in all those, including especially in Switzerland, Father God, where they have come rather draconian measurements, where they don't even want people to be able to heat their house above, I think, at 66 degrees Fahrenheit or 19 degrees Celsius, Father God, for this coming winter. Or they could be put in prison for three years. If they allow their house, to get above 66 or something, 67 or 66 point something degrees Fahrenheit or 19 degrees Celsius, Father God. And that sounds like they're kind of trying just to control people. But, of course, compared to what they have in mind, this may be incidental, Father God. But we ask you to deliver us, because you said, because he set his love of hunger, you claim all the benefits of Psalm 91, all the benefits of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. And because you're our good shepherd, and you're keeping us all as the apple of your eye, Father, we ask you to fully deliver us all and all of our family members, those that have not yet received Jesus. Draw them to the Lord Jesus' Father. Some that think they have, but they're still learning like I'm still learning. We're all still learning. Father, Sabrina's Sabrina's still learning, believe it or not. Yes, she is not the same lady she was a year ago. Neither is Brother Bill. We're all learning. We're all being changed day by day, moment by moment, as we die daily to ungodly, fear die daily, to pride carrying grudges. And we forgive all these people, Father God, the human beings that are still human beings, that are not just robots, Father God, not just mind-controls people. <clears throat> so Satan, we bind you. We bind every one of your underlings, every one of your seeking to kill, steal, and the story, according to Matthew 18, 18, Matthew 16, 19, <clears throat> and Mark 3, 27. <clears throat> First, bind the strong. We bind the mind blinder. We bind those spirits that are blinding the minds of those at the drug manufacturers, the, at the Lancet, and all these different places, and the people in the real estate community, and the people, all the bankers, the global bankers that are trying to control people and bring them into their new great reset. Cut up with that. There's going to be a great awakening, Father God, to overcome the great reset. And we thank you for the great awakening, waking up the body of Christ globally, Father God. Every single nation, yes, in Canada, might have begun in Canada, when they found out, oh, Judoka just cancel our bank accounts. Boop, like that, the click, click of a button. So, Father, we ask you to wake us all up and help us to hear and do what you want us to do because Jesus cannot lie. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me in the voice of a stranger. They will not heed. So we hold every thought captive continually taken, you're bound, everyone of your underlings are bound in Jesus' name because of the blood of heaven, every spirit is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, every mind-blinding spirit, every spirit trying to control people with ungodly fear, every spirit of mass psychosis, every spirit of that spirit of general mass insanity, mass fear is bound, like people shouting fire in a, in a, in a, in a closed movie theater. We're causing people to, maybe there's no fire. Oh, but they all just trample to the exit and they hurt one another. That seems to be what the devil wants. He wants us to freak out. He wants us to not cast our cares on the Lord and to just freak out and say, oh, this is such a terrible, terrible awful thing. And you said, in the last days, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. You said, be not troubled. I happen to listen to that over and over again. I happen to listen to all the entire New Testament. Now, he was awake and was asleep, and in the last 24 hours it was going constantly, Father God. I went from the beginning of Matthew, all the way through Revelation, beginning of Matthew again. But Father God, we thank you, Father God, for washing us from the water of the Word, increasing faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word, Satan, your mind, every one of your you are perpetually, continually bound in Jesus' name. You, the <clears throat> who take the battle to gate. the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the authority. At His name, every knee must bow, and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you, Father, you made him, and you know sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thank you for giving us that gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness, like it says over in Romans 5:17. And righteousness delivers from death because of the blood of the covenant. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Satan, you in your mouth, and we overcome the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We cancel your demonic assignments. Every spirit is singing, kill, steal, and destroy. Coming, we back, cancel your assignments down there in the second heavens, the bush in the deep. To all those who've in the door, not just those that the Lancet, those in the medical community, including the doctors that have been brainwashed, those that are doctors that have, well, I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't be able to practice medicine if if I don't do what Fauci tells me to do or whatever the the, the CDC commands me to do because I'm just a little puppet. No, you're not a little puppet. You're supposed to not harm anyone. No more, no more harm to any human beings. created in the image of the living God. Father God, we ask you to wake up the people. We thank you for those that are standing up for the truth, and we ask you to continue to deliver those that are standing up, standing for the truth, Father. Satan, you're bound to everyone under these bounds. No more flow of power communication from the demons, second heavens, the bush in the deep, to everyone we've interceded for, it, affecting all these situations, including those trying to buy up all the entire U.S. real estate market in Houston, trying to corner the markets, not just those from, from the Chinese Nations, Father God, all the nations are different people trying to buy up all the real estate here. And now why would they want to do that? Um, because all the currencies might not be worth much. All the currencies. Yeah, Even the Swiss franc. Can you believe that? It's hard to believe. Yeah, all those different currencies might not be worth that much. The euro, it seems to be going, going. If they they don't have energy this coming winter, I don't know how they're the economy is going to continue to hold together, and how are the people going to react to that? Other than, oh, that just—it's okay. I'll, I'll keep my house at at 55 degrees, and and you know, if we freeze to death, it's okay because we're doing it for the greater good. Really, really—is—is really? Is that what the people in Switzerland are going to say? You know, some of those people have wood stoves, and they know how to use it. And we thank you, Father, for providing wood and stoves and different things for people and causing people to have common sense, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for waking us up and causing people to not go for smart meter-controlled uh, electronic things, where people control things. The, the, the Who is that? The people in um, Colorado or someplace, in different places, the people in, in California. All the people are making their houses too cold. We're just going to shut off their ability to have electricity. Boop! So, Father God, we thank you for waking up the people to know what... Oh, but, who, it's smart for who smart meter for who for the electric grid company for the power company for the for the corporations we bind that spirit of fascism the spirit of fascism where governments and and, and corporations work together to control people against their will their god given rights not 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 government given rights no given by the creator of heaven and earth and some of those people don't know there is a Creator. So, Father God, we know some of these people, and some of them claim to be Christians. Some of them have been mind-blind to, Father God, to say, oh, well, we have to go along with, the, with what the government says, and, and we have to put a, put a gag in our mouth because we don't want to offend them, and, and, and we want to get every little jab they offer because, because the government knows what's better than God. Father, we ask you to cause the people to wake up all over your earth. Yes, we think of the people waking up, the people waking up in Australia, that people have been locked down horrifically over there, people have been forced and jabbed over there, and other nations waking up and say, well, what if they did that to them over there, and why do they keep wanting to do all these false flags to try and take away the guns? Why do they want to keep restricting, restricting, restricting? Well, they don't want to get rid of the Second Amendment? Why do they want to get rid of the Second Amendment, Father, in Jesus' name? Is there some reason? Are they terrified of the people, the Christians, actually waking up? And Pat Holliday talked about the sleeping giants. So we would ask you, Father God, even as could that gentleman who had that vision in Canada some years ago, Father God, to wake up the body of Christ, the sleeping giant, all over your earth. And we think that the body of Christ is starting to wake up, and not just politically, the actual body of Christ starting to wake up. We ask to deliver those that are standing for the truth, like Mike Lindell has been attacked again, and deliver each one from every, every spirit, trying to steal, kill, and destroy, including those trying to do what is right in your sight, Father, as best they know how. And, of course, we know apart from you, Jesus, none of us are holy and pure. There's only one who's holy, and his name is God, the God who created on earth, not the God of this world, the creator God. of And how did Father God create everything? By his word. Who's the word? The Lord Jesus. And how did he do it? By the finger of God, by his spirit. So we thank for the Godhead putting us all together. And we, are, I mean, we know our life is like a vapor. We know our life. We're just here for a little blip but we want to make our vapor count, Father God. So, Father God, you destroy the enemy by the brightness of your coming. And the little breath on your mouth could totally destroy Pharaoh's army and his chariots, Father God, when you blew the Red Sea back on, t- on top of them, Father God. And we know the victory you gave, even as Miriam was singing with all the damsels, all the ladies singing and praising the horse and his rider, be thrown into the, sh- into the sea. So we thank you, Father God, for the divine intervention and adjudication. So we will hope continually, yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers of. We'll go in the strength of the Lord God. Make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only, even as written in Psalm 71, beginning around verse 14. And Father God, I would like to say, I have one of these interesting-looking kind of like the King James Bibles, which is uh, <laughs> Father God. It's a little hard to look it up right in there, Father God. But I, we thank you, Father God. We came all the benefits of the praise that you bring, even as Moses was praising you, Father God, in Exodus 15. Even as kind of, as the so, the song of the Lamb in Revelation 15, Father God, or especially verses three and four. We thank you for the song of the Lamb because you're the Holy One and the just. And we thank of that righteousness, the gift of righteousness by the blood of the Lamb. And that's how we overcome the accuser of the brethren. You did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And of your fullness of all we received, we thank you. And it's the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. Because We can't do it in our own strength. It's not by human might or human power. It's by your spirit, Lord. So we thank for the spirit of adoption, Father. And we thank for your breath blowing into the body of Christ, not just into our nostrils, not just natural breath, like people waking up from the dead, and that's been done before, Father God. We think of many times Pat Holiday prayed with the saints there in Jacksonville, and her daughters were revived. We you for many people being revived, but the saints find out that, oh, the things Jesus said, hey, we can do in greater things than these. We you for waking up the body of Christ, Father God, In not, not only in the United States, not only in Canada, not only in Switzerland, not only in Great Britain, ever, and yes, Australia. And I thank you, Lord, even as that lady, I forget what her name is, she started several different websites about Let's keep cash. Keep cash alive, because the the bankers want to get rid of cash. Why is that? Why Why do they want everybody to have a central, global, cons- uh, digital currency? It may start with local, local, regional cons- uh, um, currencies that are all done sort of like Bitcoin. But then, of course, controlled not by not a, by an anonymous source, controlled by the, the global central bankers, the, the, the Rothschilds of the world, and those global bankers from London and other places, Father God, maybe from the Vatican, Father God. And the people, even at the Vatican, I heard, they wanted all their money to come back to their, to their bank at the Vatican. Why is that? They must know something's about to happen. I recently drove through one of the states in New England, and the governor of that state, had had a bright light on the highway, saying, uh, "Prepare for, prepare for this month. Prepare this month, to emergency preparation month, or something." Uh, they're trying to plant little seeds of fear, trying to get people all ramped up. <laughs> the next? What's the next fear we're supposed to be afraid of? Is monkeypox going to just suddenly jump on people? I thought it was only for the sexually you know, active in the, in the uh, uh, rather limp-wristed realm. But of course, how does it get to animals and how does it get to children unless, of course, they're having relations with those children. Deliver all the children, Father. Deliver the animals, too. Deliver all of them from those people that are perverted and sick, Father God. In Jesus' name, deliver all the children, Father God. Deliver all the children, Father God. Deliver all your children. Because you said in Matthew, 1814, you don't want one of these little ones to perish. Not just those that are being sold into sexual slavery or worse, Father God, being rushed across the southern border and bust all across the United States. Those in every nation, Father God, being used for the sex traffic and the drugs and the everything else. Deliver all the children, Father God. Deliver all that children being forced vaccinated to aborigine children in, in, in Australia, Father God. Being forced vaccinated, Father God, because they don't want, human beings, to be human beings anymore. They want them to be little, uh, kind of fourth industrial revolution, controlled robots, controlled by what? Controlled by 5G, controlled by what? They don't want, you know, Jesus could walk through the midst of them, and, and they couldn't touch him. So we thank you for the, the benefits of hiding us in the secret place of the Most High. All the benefits of Psalm 91 for all of your servants. All the benefits of Job 28, 7 and 8. All the benefits of Psalm 27, Four to six, especially in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, all the benefits of Psalm 27. Lord is my light and my salvation; I shall not fear. We thank you, Lord. One thing I desire, the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. In the trouble time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I sing praises unto the Lord. Sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise. And who's the head of every man? Head of every man is Christ. Bill Brink- Bill Pringle's a nice guy, but he's not the head of every man. I'm not even the head of every man. I'm not. Jesus is the head of every man. He's the head. He's the head of the body of the church, and he knows what's best. So help us to listen to you, Jesus, and do what you want. Because you cannot lie. You said, my sheep hear my voice. Help us to listen closely, Father God, to listen very, very closely to your word. You told us, this is my beloved son. Hear him. I think that was in, um, where was that? It's in Mark 9, 7 or something like that. It's in several of the, several of the gospels. This is my beloved son. After the, after the Mount of Transfiguration, hear him. Why do we need to hear him? Because he's the word of God. Adam heard God walking, the Word of God walking in the garden. He heard the Word walking in the garden. How can you hear a Word walking in the garden? Jesus is that Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Yes, you made Biden a real human being. You made Donald Trump a real human being. Now, did they possibly both have doubles? Maybe Biden has several doubles. I don't know. But the real human beings, even some of the doubles, you made them too, Father God. But, Father God, those that are not totally mind-controlled, those are not completely controlled by whatever... Kind of handlers and Father, we ask you to deliver those that are controlled by handlers, and we cancel all those trigger tones, trigger words from the handlers, and to those that want to do harm. Father God, those are the insurance type candidates that would want to bring about another another uh, kind of step of quota. We bind in agreement. We bind every one of those spirits of connections between the handlers and those that have been primed. Father God, by the mind control uh, uh, nonsense. Father God, that, that the CIA and p- such people use, Father God, to try and control people to do things like they did in Uvalde, Texas, Father God. We bind up every one of those, whether they use pharmacia, sorcery, and witchcraft is part of it, whether they use the, the drugs, Father God, the psychiatrists give. We ask, we bind up every one of those trigger tones, trigger words, and every ungodly control in Jesus' name from the, from the hypnosis, Father God, and including the mass hypnosis that's given to the people through the news media, Father God, not just CNN, all the news media, yeah, even Fox News is not exactly purist-driven stuff, Father. And we thank you for exposing what's really going on, Father God, exposing what's going on. And, Father, we ask you to help Donald Trump to be able to step up to the plate and do what you've called him to do. We pray for him, Father God, that you deliver him and deliver those that are standing for the truth as best they know how. The my pillow, God, Father God, that recently had his cell phone taken from him. We ask you to deliver each one, Father God, from the from the so-called kind uh, of the the um, the brown shirts of the of the Nazis, Father God, whether they're using the FBI or whatever they're using to pretend to do uh, wonderful things to protect our democracy. <laughs> all this, all this speak, all this, all this double talk, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for bringing it all to light and causing people to wake up. All over the world, and say, Wait a minute, God loves me perfectly, and He does. Even while I was a sinner, He died for me. That's what it says over in, in Romans 5, center, center around, uh, where is it, verse 8, 9, whatever. Even when Marshall was a sinner, He died for me. If He loves me that much, well, then. And he has all power in heaven and earth, and he does. And his name, every knee must bow, and every time must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Yeah, Biden and Trump, every knee must bow. Klaus Schwab, every knee, every knee. Even the Pope, every knee must bow, and every time must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father, in this world and the world to come. So, Father, we ask for your divine help and intervention, adjudication in every one of these situations, and we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for mercies that are new every day. I did not get to hear everything Sabrina said today. So, Father, I think of the privilege of being able to recast and listen to the message, Father God, and to continue to offer a sacrifice of praise, even as Paul and Silas did, even when things aren't going well. I've had a few things that weren't going well. Thank to today, Father. headset. So Father, we'll we thank you for helping us and helping us all. Even in our weakness, you are strong. We thank you for divine help. We thank you for giving your angels charge over. Us. We thank you for Jesus said
0: thank you for all
3: this incredible service. I address You'll be able to do it. Jesus said I give presently to you. We thank you for standing in the plane. And many angels are going to angels. Especially we thank you for the angel, Lord. And Campbell's handed Tam- the about them, men have a Holy presence, Holy Spirit, you are and continually delivering the, the book. So Matthew, for the Lord said, the Lord so
0: the The, corner, 42, in us, and in the But we don't worship them. We thank We thank you. We you are still, still my the We the from the moment and with me, near my home. And in here, I live move. I yeah, that'd